Hey, hey, welcome to Moments with Daru podcast, a space where you'll be inspired, encouraged, and uplifted. Thank you so much for tuning in wherever you are. Remember that every new episode will be coming after every two weeks. Every two weeks, remember that. So let's dive into today's conversation. Today's guest is a daughter of Christ, Nigerian-American, a current second year medical student. She holds a bachelor's degree in neuroscience and a minor in global health promotion from Indiana University, Bloomington. Outside of university, she enjoys hearing, telling, and sharing stories, traveling, making handmade skincare products, and fitness. As a truth teller of Jesus Christ, she believes and has placed she believes and she knows that she has been placed on this earth to help people to become whole and well so that they can live out their purpose to the fullest. Welcome onto the show, Tomiwa. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to have you. So before we dive into the word that you selected for this conversation, what's your earliest childhood memory? Hmm, that's a very good question. Um, for me, I always like to say that my childhood was interesting in the sense that uh, I was born in Nigeria and my family immigrated to the United States when I was about four. Uh, so I grew up primarily in the state of Indiana. And although I grew up in Indiana, I always like to say that there were many aspects of my childhood that felt as though we were still back home in Nigeria. Um, so memories that I have, I would, I would, tailor it back to my siblings and things that we would do um, together, whether it was going to play outside. We had like a particular um, neighbor that lived uh, across the street from us and we would often play with them and get into mischievous acts when we should have been home and inside. And then the moment that our parents would come home, it'd be time for us to return back home inside. So that that's a fondest um, childhood memory that I can reflect upon is just being outside during the summer you know, playing with my siblings and just enjoying our time as children. Love it. Being outdoors and enjoying your time with siblings. So how does a young girl stumble upon her dream to become a doctor and how has the journey been? That's a very good question. For me, I always knew from an early age that um, I like to work with people. Um, I knew that I didn't necessarily like to see people sick. It would always make me sad, especially older people. Uh, so that's the population that I uh, definitely see myself taking care of in the future is um, the elderly, the adults. And there was just something about those two aspects that really just kind of drew me to the field of medicine um, from an early age. And then I was always very good at the sciences. Um, I thought the human body was very fascinating. And I was also very good at math. So I just paralleled all those things and interests together and knew from an early age that medicine was gonna be the career that I wanted to pursue. Now, I knew that from an early age, but the journey to get to this point was one that was not easy at all. Um, it had, I had taken many turns, you know, many, um, pivots along the way, um, but I'm grateful for um, mentors and, you know, those that God has placed within my life that could serve as encouragement for me. Um, I face many different obstacles, you know, partly because I, I don't have anyone in my family 
um, that is in the field of medicine in the sense that they're a physician. So there was really no one to really like look to, um, to be able to seek advice and know, um, you know, the right steps to take and, you know, just being first generation, everything in the sense of first one to graduate college, you know, within my family will be the first and probably only doctor, hopefully not within my family on both sides, mother and father. But um, along the line, I, I just drew um, as much courage as I could from those around me and really stories. And that's part of the reason why I'm, I'm very fascinated about stories is because I feel as though um, our stories are not for ourselves and they can be used to serve as encouragement for others. I like how you've said that stories are not for ourselves, but sometimes we go through so much difficulty or we go through a lot of challenges that makes us very ashamed of our stories. So how does one embrace their story and reach a point where they say, you know what, I'm okay with who I am and I'm ready to share my story? Yeah, I do not think that that is something that comes overnight. You know, I think that comes with um, a lot of introspection, um, a lot of reflection and probably a lot of healing, you know, rightfully so. And I think once you get to to a certain point in your life where you have um, examined all the good, the bad, and you feel comfortable, then I think then you are liberated to be able to share um, your story and, and share the good and the bad, you know, with transparency and vulnerability as much as you feel comfortable doing that. Um, so that's what I would say when it comes to sharing your story. You mentioned in your bio that you are a truth teller of um, Jesus Christ. Tell us a little bit more. Yeah, so this is a, a trait for mine that I think it took me um, some years, probably like once I hit my, my, my 20s and after doing this um, wonderful um, leadership training slash purpose training at the church that I was attending um, in Chicago called the City Light Church. And they hold um, this um, intense training seminar called Leading Lights. And during Leading Lights, is an opportunity for you to learn more about the kingdom of God and learn more about your purpose. And so it was during Leading Lights that I began to discover my purpose. And along the line, um, you know, come to find out that, you know, I am a truth teller. So I always say like the T in my name stands for truth teller amongst other, um, you know, traits that God has placed within me. But um, growing up, I, I was someone that I, I always kept things real. I felt like I was very blunt, sometimes to a fault to where I would just say anything out of my mouth. Um, but although then in my childhood and in my, in my um, ignorance, a lot of the things that I would say sometimes would be helpful and not hurtful, sorry, and not necessarily constructive um, in the sense of like, you can point out the truth, but there's a way that you can tell the truth and relay the truth to where it's not destructive, but constructive. And it wasn't until, you know, after leading lights that I began to reflect that like, no, I do <laughs> like, I have, you know, the gifting and ability to, you know, tell things as they are. Um, and so I always like to say that, you know, I feel as though God has called me to tell the truth, which is his word. And, um, you know, tell the truth as it is and, and share that truth and share um, how that truth is, you know, liberating and share how that truth is filled with so much love and share how that truth can really transform your life. I love it. Tell the truth without it being destructive. So could you share a moment where you knew for sure that your story impacted someone? 
Mm, that's a really good question. Yeah. So I think I can reflect back to um, a moment when I was in an undergrad. And this was at the time where um, I really came to kind of like an end of a road in the sense of it was now time for me to decide how I wanted to walk out my faith. So I grew up, you know, Christian. My parents were believers. They instilled that value, my siblings and I. But it wasn't until I got to college to where it was now time for me to go down the narrow path or go down the wide path in the sense of, was I going to build my relationship with Christ or was I going to build my relationship with the world? And there was a lot of tension, you know, when I got to kind of like the end point of the road and deciding how I wanted to live my life when I was in college, you know, what things did I still want to continue to do? What, you know, values did I still want to hold? You know, how was I going to build my own relationship Christ because now mommy and daddy are not here you know to tell me oh you need to go do this you know um you should be reading your bible you should be going to church and there's so much freedom um and it's like okay do I want to do everything and explore everything and I and I tried a bit of that um but I was unsatisfied you know I had to take a mirror and look within myself that I'm one going down a path that I don't really feel comfortable with and going down a path that I know isn't really truly mine and so I remember having a conversation with um, one of my um, undergrad friends at the time. And I was just really just, you know, pouring my heart out to her because I was like, you know, this is kind of where I'm at. This is my truth. This is, you know, the realization that I've come. Like, I don't want to go down this path. I want to go around this path. And she was also feeling the same thing as well. So we both made the decision that we were both going to go down the narrow path. And it was not an easy decision at all. You know, there were many times where I felt as though I was being judged or misunderstood. But at the end of the day, I'm so grateful that I decided to really walk out my salvation and build my relationship with Christ and go down the narrow path. I was writing a note there. Um, you know, it's so interesting when you make a choice to walk down the narrow path or the wide one. And it's one of those moments that it's very clear and distinct when you can look back and say, actually, it was at that particular moment. So for someone who is listening in for the first time and they stumble upon this conversation and they're wondering, what are they talking about? Wide path, narrow path. What does that mean to you? Yeah. So how I would, you know, break it down to somebody that, you know, is coming, maybe they're, they're new in their faith or, um, you know, they've made a decision that they want to follow Christ, be a follower of Christ and, um, you know, make Jesus Lord over their life. Um, I, I would describe the narrow path as one that is the path, you know, of coming into relationship with Jesus Christ, of making him Lord over your life, of um, shedding away your old self, um, you know, putting away sin and, you um, you know, walking out your salvation. And then I would describe the wide path, at least for me, was um, just not being truth to myself, you know, going down a path that there was a lot of distractions um, for me. Um, I would, you know, equate it to a path that is so broad that it just seems as though you've opened yourself out for so many things to happen and so much to have control over your life versus having Jesus to have control over your life. So that's how I would, I would describe 
the two path. And if you're at the point where, you know, you feel a tugging and a pull to go down the narrow path, then um, it's probably God calling you, you know? And I, and I like what you said in the sense of like everyone um, that is a believer, you know, that has made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior could probably identify maybe more than one instance to where they were like, yes, this was, this was the time where I knew that God was calling me and he was calling me to deeper relationship with him, you know, and everyone will have that, you know, kind of experience, I believe. And it'll look different from everyone. You know, your experience and your story will look different from my experience and my story. And to those listening, it'll look different. For some, it'll be very flamboyant and very cuts and clear. And it's like they have a dream and a revelation. For others, it's it's still small voice, you know, that keeps you know, speaking to you time after time, time after time, time after time. And so I would tell you to, you know, find moments where you can quiet yourself and really listen to that still small voice if you're at that point to where that is what is speaking to you, because more than likely, um, it's God calling you to deeper relationship with him. I like it, deeper relationship with him. Is there a story that you'd want to share with, with us, whoever is watching or listening, where you know, Jesus spoke to you and you heard him so clearly and you knew without a shadow of a doubt, it was him. Yeah, it was, this is my story, you know, going back to um, that college moment because it, it was a time where I could say, aha, yes, for once um, I did hear him and it was very loud and clear. And so right when I had hit that road point of like, okay, do I want to go down the narrow path? Do I want to go down the wide path? Um, there was just like a series of events that I was like partaking in, but deep down inside, it was just not me, you know? There was so much dissonance, you know, that was going on within my spirit. And so I remember there was like one evening that I was like, you know what? I really don't want to go out and party. I really don't want to do that, you know, while, you know, some of my other peers wanted to. And so I remember I stayed back in my dorm room and I just began to cry because I was like, I don't even like this experience. This is so much overstimulation. There's so much going on and I don't want to lose myself. And I remember just like openly like pouring myself out to God. And I remember distinctly the Holy Spirit spoke and was like, pick up your Bible um, and turn to a particular scripture. And so prior to that, I had never read that exact same scripture and so I opened my Bible, I turned, you know, to that chapter, I turned to that scripture. And what I was reading was exactly what I needed in that time. And it blew my mind because I was like, this is the first time like anything like that had ever happened. And so I like looked around like, you hear me? Like, you see me, God, you see my heart. And um, I'm so grateful for that moment because after that moment and after, you know, reading that scripture, you know, I knew what the rest of like my assignment would be, you know, throughout my time in college. And so I just held on to that scripture. It was like one of my like anchoring scriptures um, when I was in college. And um, I just, you know, held on to that word that I heard from God and knew that from that moment, once I decided to pursue him and pursue a deeper relationship with him, then I would be in the palms of his hands. And I knew that irregardless of, you know, the temptations that would come, because I would be deceiving everyone on this <laughs> podcast to say that temptations won't come they will come you know they will come so far as the devil still exists and he does they will come you know and I just knew that me being submitted to him 
there's a greater power that can help me overcome that, not within my own strength, but within the strength of God. Yes. And you, we are able to overcome it because we have anchored ourselves in the word and we hold on to him with our all to make sure that we can navigate yes. through life's challenges. If your younger self was seated across you right now, what would you tell her? I would tell her, you don't have to be so angry. You know, um, growing up for me, we faced a lot of challenges as a family. And um, I would say like my childhood was interesting because it wasn't always necessarily like a typical childhood. And I felt as though I always had a lot of like pitted up anger, pitted up anger against my parents, sometimes my siblings. Um, and it's interesting because like my middle name is Uluwamayawa, which means um, God has brought us joy. And now, you know, this Tomiwa, you know, is someone that, you know, is filled with joy. There are moments to where I'm like, God, I need your joy. But it's like, I am a joy carrier, you know, and I have to remind myself of that. But growing up as a child, I don't think I necessarily recognized that. And I had so much anger versus joy. So I would look back and I would tell myself, it's okay. <laughs> you know, you will find that joy and you don't have to be so angry all the time. I like that. that that's very encouraging because maybe someone is listening and they are really struggling with, you know, those emotions of anger, frustration, resentment. And yeah. from hearing you, they can know that there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel and it does get better every single day. So what challenge, if you're able to share, have you learned from or are still learning from? Mm. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Um, okay, I, I will share one that I, uh, I have learned from and I am still learning from. Um, so in the summer of 2021, um, I had gotten severely sick. And um, let's just say within a matter of two weeks, I had to make a series of you know decisions concerning my health. Um, and I essentially had to have a, a major surgery. Um, and that experience was one that really rocked me. Um, it was one that I always say, like, I've added a measure of faith from that experience, um, tested my faith and tested my ability to trust God. And um, generally speaking, I, I feel as though like those that enter, um, you know, the medical field to become doctors, nurses, etc. Maybe it'll be a, a small pool of those individuals that um, they have some kind of like maybe chronic illness directly impacting them or something that they face in childhood but generally speaking most people that do you know end up in the field are generally healthy and that's how it was you know for me like growing up maybe you know a few colds you know here and there but I was generally a healthy person so to go from that to now in my mid-20s unhealthy really didn't know how unhealthy I was and almost died you know from that experience it's one that has um really yeah added a level um added a measure of faith because in that moment and with how short everything happened and how many decisions i had to make there was a lot of fear there was fear of the unknown you know there was fear of doing the surgery because i know what my body was about to go through um there was a fear of recovery 
afterwards? You know, what would my body look like? Um, there was a lot of revelation. I realized how vain I was, you know, how vain I was about my physical appearance. And then I realized that, okay, there are certain aspects of my life that I I've given total submission to God, but it was like in that moment, could I trust him with my life in the sense that here I am on this operating table, you know, obviously we trust science, you know, God has placed doctors on this earth to be able to do wonderful works, but mistakes do happen, you know, things do happen, things do, you know, go wrong, that's the reality, and um, I had to sit with the question of like, but do I trust you with my life? In the sense that, like, do I trust you to take over this operation? If things don't go well, do I still trust you that I will still be okay with my life? Do I still trust the fact that, you know, I will fulfill the purpose that you've called me on this earth to do? Um, so with all those realizations and revelations, I did get through. <laughs> I did do the surgery. The recovery was very long. I feel like I'm still recovering and I'm still learning. Um, but... I added a measure of faith in the sense of I had to get to a point where I was like, you know what, God, I'm giving it to you. And once I felt that release in my spirit, then I can move forward, um, being content with the decision that I had made to go ahead and do the surgery so that I could be whole and well. And I remember when I was on the operating table, right before the anesthesiologist gave me the anesthesia, you know, I remember just telling the doctors, I said, please, I hope to be in your shoes one day, <laughs> you know? just get me to the other side of you. And I remember waking up and um, I don't remember this moment, but my doctor told me this. She said I was like profusively crying and I just kept saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. But she wasn't sure who I was thanking. <laughs> and I was thinking, I was like, I was probably thanking God because the amount of fear um, that I went into that. And and now, you know, being on the on the side of, you know, training to become a future physician, I will never take those feelings for granted, you know, those feelings of uncertainty that, you know, sometimes, you know, patients will have, you know, that mistrust, um, that fear going into a surgery because I've experienced it and now I can better help, you know, take care of people that will be in that position. What a powerful testimony. Honestly, it is a testimony that you are on this side and you were healed by God and you are able to share this story. And someone out there will be impacted and they will know that Jesus heals. Jesus, Jesus does um, give us joy and he has a bigger plan for us. It's just about yeah. following him one step at a time, one day at a time. So we're going to, so we're going to enter a round of random questions. Don't overthink okay. it. <laughs> so the first one is, what's your favorite movie? Oh, The Matrix. Nice. The first Matrix, one or yeah. all sequels? I would say all sequels. That was a movie that we watched over and over and over again as siblings. I love The Matrix. Love to hear it. Would you rather have 10 hobbies or one passion? Mm. 10 hobbies because I would turn them into 10 passions. <laughs> I love that answer. You turn it into 10 passions. Love it. When do you feel the most in control? Mm. When my spirit is centered. That is such a powerful statement. Say it again. When my spirit is centered. 
you know, someone, I, I don't know, I get the sense that someone will hear this and they'll be like, what does she mean? So what do you mean that when, when you say, yeah. Yeah. Um, in the sense that um, I'm really in tune with God um, because then it's not necessarily me that's in control, it's him in control. Because Tommy why in control, <laughs> that could be <laughs> easily turned into a mess. So I always say that, you know, when I'm centered in the sense that like, I'm fully submitted, you know, I am, you know, spending adequate time with him. I'm refilled with him. I'm full. My spiritual tank is full. Then I am centered and um, he's in control, which allows me to be in control. Thank you so much for that. So in your bio, you say that you make handmade skincare products. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so I discovered that I like making products in addition to just like DIY pro projects and um, just making things with my hands. Um, you know, chemistry is one of, you know, the science subjects that I really, really, really like. And I like, you know, just formulating things and making, you know, different things. And um, part of that included also like skincare. And so I became really conscious at a certain point in time about what I was putting on my body, not just inside my body, but on my body. And um, I started, you know, playing around with different substances and in chemicals and began to make some of my own products. And from there, it, you know, birthed this um, skincare business that I'm still hoping to launch called Skin Like Wura. Um, so Wura means gold in the language of Yoruba, which is the language that I speak. And um, I began to think about what I wanted my brand to stand for. And when you think about gold, it is a pure element that has been, you know, refined and, you know, impurities have been removed from it. And so that's what I wanted my brand to stand for, one that is clean, you know, mostly organic and natural products and um, is, is, you know, doesn't contain any kind of like impurity, impurities or anything like that. And so that's how I named it Skin Like Wura, Skin Like Gold, because it's pure, it's natural, mostly organic products. And uh, I always like to say whenever you use our products, you feel, look and smell good because that's the goal. And I feel as though like, you know, when people feel, look and smell good, they feel good on the inside, but then they also feel good on the outside as well. I wish you all the best when you do launch that product. May it go to the ends of the earth. Yes, thank you. So in closing, is there anything else that you'd want to share that's still on your, that's still on your heart or mind? Yeah, I just want to encourage everyone, you know, if you have a story, you know, when you feel comfortable, you know, tell that story. You know, like I said in, in the beginning intro, um, I don't believe that our stories are for ourselves in the sense that I feel as though sometimes God will have us go through um, certain experiences in our journeys and certain experiences in life in order to better help, you know, the next person coming along. So you never know um, who you can encourage with your story. You never know whose life you can transform with your story. Um, you never know how, you know, your story, you telling your story can even propel you further. Um, so tell your story, tell it in its truth and tell it in its fullest. I could not even try and add on to that. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. Dear listeners and whoever is watching, don't be ashamed of your story. As Tomiwa has shared, um, be brave, 
hold on to it boldly and tell it to the fullest. So until the next episode, continue being brave. Thank you.